Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, and welcome to The Mitchin, a weekly food panel podcast recorded in the kitchen of my co-host Mitchell Orr, who is the head chef at Acme Restaurant in Sydney. My name is Andrew Levins. I'm a DJ, food writer, and one-time chef at The Dip in Sydney, uh, RIP. This week, we're joined by four guests, two from Sydney and two from Melbourne. On the Sydney side, we have regular guest Annalise Gregory, who is currently cooking at Acme and running her fun employment pop-up dinners. Plus, we've got Louise Alapate, who works the floor at Tetsuya's. Um, up from Melbourne this week, we have good friend and ex-Sydney chef Morgan McGlone, who used to run the Flinders Inn and then moved to America after it closed, cooked his way through the South for a couple years, and then returned to Australia about two years ago to open up Bell's Hot Chicken in Melbourne. Finally, we have Josh Murphy, the ex-head chef of Cumulus Inc. in Melbourne, and you can now find him cooking with Andrew McConnell at the Builder's Arms Hotel. Together, the six of us talk about hangovers, fried chicken, tipping, food award predictions, restaurant closures, golden gay times, and Dan Hong, which is pretty common fodder for the Mitchin each week. If you like what you hear, please like our Facebook page, which you can find at facebook.com slash the Mitchin, or you could leave us a review on the iTunes store. So far, we only have one review, which is just the re- some random person saying, lol, Mitch which I totally agree with, but surely that's not the only thought that everyone has about our podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the show. Goodbye. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the Mitchin. This is a weekly podcast where we get a couple people that are in the food industry to come and talk about some cool things that are happening in the food industry. Where do we do it? At the Mitchin table, of course. Although the last two episodes, episode two and three, uh, were recorded not at the Mitchin table. Uh, if you recall, the second episode was recorded at the restaurant at Acme, which is technically a Mitchin table because that's where Mitch's restaurant is. Uh, and last week was at my kitchen table, which is definitely not a Mitchin table. The Kevins. The Kevins, yeah. My name is Andrew Levins. Um, we, we host this podcast every week. Me and Mitchell Orr, who's sitting over there. We've got four guests with us today, and Mitch is going to tell you who they are. Today we have a very hungover return guest in Annalise Gregory. Why do you sound more hungover than she does? Because I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a very hungover Morgan McClone, which is pretty normal as well. And we also have from Melbourne, the Builder's Arms, Josh Murphy. And from Tets, Louise Alapate. Hello. Hey guys, welcome to the Mitch and Table. Uh, now, Mitch begged if, if for him to do the uh, the, the introductions this <laughs> week and then just said that. everyone's name and then <laughs> left it at that. <laughs> um, so, uh, we'll, we'll start with the return guests. Um, Annalise, of course, we know you from uh, currently at Acme um, and uh, an amazing array of restaurants all around the world. Um, last night, you had your last ever fun employment dinner and uh, that was... A, uh, a little project that you did with uh, a few other chefs and front of house good guys in Sydney where you kind of took over different kitchens around Sydney for different events. Last night was at... Last night was at Mitchin, oh, was which at is Ac- my new Acme. name for Acme. Okay, good. That's too confusing. Um, <laughs> tell us about it. How did it go? I think it went well. You'd have to ask the people that ate. Oh, all of we them all, are at this table. Except <laughs> me. Apart from you, why weren't you there? What were you doing? Better things to do. It was oh, Father's right. Day. It was the most important day of the year for me. Yeah, Mike <laughs> Benny. We, there were lots of dads there. Mike Benny was standing on tables pouring wine out of his pants. That's how he celebrates Father's Day. And that's actually yeah. how everyone should celebrate Father's Day. So <laughs> he, he wins this round. Jake Smart was there. Father as well. I learned about duckies. This new game that his lovely wife told me about it when I have children. Hello, Morgie. I don't think your microphone is on. Very weird. 
Oh, hold on. Morgy. You can silence me. Oh, there you are, my friend. <laughs> Morgie McGlone is in the building. Um, Annalise, uh, what was it like serving food for the last time for this fun little project? Well, you see, <coughs> David Moyle from Franklin in Tasmania uh, did a drive-by in the afternoon to help us knock out 600 rabbit annulotti. And um, there's rumours of a fun employment at Franklin next month. Really? Yes. Currently just rumours, but stay tuned. Awesome. Um, We'll kick it around the table, but before I do some etiquette, make sure when you talk into the microphone, you talk into it as if it was an ice cream. Uh, it can be the ice cream of your preference. Probably a Magnum, not very good, because you would hold it like that. But, I mean, an ice cream cone, a classic cone. Um, soft serve. Soft serve, and Macca's 30-cent cone. Are they 30 cents still? They're about $1.20 now. That's hectic. Yeah. I love Golden Gay Times. <laughs> Well, I, it's my favorite. That's not a good, not a good ice cream to pretend the microphone is. Yeah. Did you see they did the Golden Gate Times tubs now? Yeah. I don't want. Yeah. Did you yeah. That? yeah I saw that. In the Someone supermarket. <laughs> Some did a petition to make a Golden Gay Time into a tub and they actually did it. I've never That's been sold good. on Golden Gay Times. I know Australians are obsessed no, with them. The I'm more of like oh, a Monaco bar girl. Monaco bars are good too. I like Monaco bars, but there's something about that Golden Gay Time when you grab that, mm-hmm. that ice cream and you. You know, you sort of unsheath it. <laughs> <laughs> and you get that nougat crunch action. I, would, if, I, I, w- I wasn't, like, too excited about the prospect of, of uh, Golden Gay Time in a tub, but I would buy a jar of just the biscuity bits that Golden <laughs> Gay Times yeah, are covered yeah. in. The sort of half biscuit, half honeycomb kind of thing. Yeah, I'm not, I vibe on that. That's a good vibe. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's the secret to why Golden <laughs> Gay Times. Like, why don't they just do more ice creams covered in that? Like, if they just did a magnum, like a Golden Gay num. <laughs> 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 And they just dangerous like, territory. Yeah, but they, 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 they coat ice cream in the in the in the biscuity bits and then coat that in chocolate. Fair enough. Mitch, I feel like Levin's has just not? some like done some dessert work there for us. Yes. Yeah. That could, that could be a new dessert it for the Mitch. The gainum. The gainum. Well, we're gonna <laughs> we are gonna sell the leftover banoffee pie from last night at Acme. So. How's that oh, um, just gone straight, straight up this through, week, mate. <laughs> Food costs will be great this month. That half that's sitting on the table, that's all that's left. And all profits oh, from, from What happens to the other two in the fridge? All I know is I went to, um, what is it called? Room 10 this morning. Yeah. And they had banoffee pie. There was, I don't know how. There was one in the fridge, in the service fridge when I went into All I know is banoffee pie is all over Sydney, but not currently at your restaurant. Someone, Damn, someone's stealing man, the money that isn't yours. Man. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make some money. Which one is that Cafe Sopra? <coughs> nah, uh, Kylie's, is Kylie's is better than For me, Ky- Kylie's Cafe beats Cafe Sopra yeah. Tell us about Kylie's Banoffee Pie Okay, who, who is Kylie, first of all? Mitch Kylie Javier from Mamafuku Seabo mm-hmm. That's who she is, Lebs okay. <laughs> also, known, also known to you for, as Mama, right? Yes, Mama, Mama. Yep. Pinoy Pride well, If Kylie's listening, by the way, I know who you are But uh, <laughs> as, as uh, listeners of the podcast know I represent the everyman Who does not have all the kitchen insider info And therefore must ask it um, what's so good about the the, uh, the Manoffee pie that Kylie makes? So it's been legendary, what, for about four years now? No, nah, you know, longer, longer probably. Longer. Okay. Yeah, she used to, I think she started making it at Bentley. Okay, so there's a few people in Sydney hospitality who may not be chefs. They might work on the floor. They might be sommeliers. And for whatever reason, they've become <laughs> legendary for like one dish that they do. Mm. So Giorgio Di Maria for his rabbit annulotti. And I don't even know how, but it's achieved mythical status amongst people. And uh, Kylie Javier Ashton for her banoffee pie. So I think the key is that she cooks her dolce de leche for like six hours, which is about three hours more than I generally do. So it's super dark mm. and it's quite salty, which cuts through all of the sugar. Mm. I think that's not, the key. Not, just revealed her secret, man. Oh, damn. She's got nothing She's going to kill me. <laughs> There's not shitloads of cream on it either. It's not like... It's like nicely balanced, yeah, and it's about yeah. it's yeah. about aging the bananas as well. I discovered, they were really yeah, nice and ripe. Buying them the like a week really beforehand and really ripening them so that when you eat it, it's like super gooey and bananery, mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to being like firm banana. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, people that aren't necessarily chefs but uh, threaten to cook, sometimes we've been uh, mentioning Rich Hargrave, your fun employment partner, uh, that he was going to cook this week, right? Did it happen or not? No, he pussied out. Made the potted shrimp. He made potted shrimp. Most badass. He didn't make it. It was his recipe. Okay. He He pussied out all the way. There's an amazing image going around of... uh, The sticker is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Tell me about the story behind that because I was like, ha, 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 rich, but not really knowing the story behind it at all. Oh, God. What is the story? He basically stood next to me for the better part of the week while I peeled tiny shrimp and put them into butter and just... 
gave me, I don't know, a strange English insight into the potted shrimp dish, which I didn't need to know, and just generally annoyed me. Um, so just another day then? Yeah, just, just another day at the Rich Inn. <laughs> the Rich Inn. <laughs> the Rich Inn. <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> and, um, another member of the Fun Employment crew, one night, late at night, he took an image of Rich, turned him into a cartoon, and made him into a sticker to go on the pots of potted shrimp for our so dinner. So good. I really think we should make a t shirt out of that. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. He looks so much better as a cartoon than he does yeah. in person. It's amazing. <laughs> What's a good Mr. Hargraves potted shrimp? Luke Burgess. Because mm. Mr. Stuff. Photoshop. Um, Morgan McLone is sitting to the right of me. He's, called, he's one of three guests from Melbourne. Well, technically, you're originally from Sydney, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, man, uh, you, we, 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 know, we know you from way back because of the uh, Flinders Inn. Flinders Inn, yeah. Um, that was short but sweet. Uh, which was a, a restaurant in... Uh, do you call that area of town Darlinghurst? It was Paddington. Paddington. Yeah, North Paddinghurst. Paddington East, actually. Paddington East. They, it looks good on our mail. We used to get our, ma- our electricity bills. So we just kept rising and not getting paid. And... Um, <laughs> It's a Paddington That's how you know your restaurant's doing really well. <laughs> we can't pay the electricity. <laughs> oh, the Flinders Inn was a, was, was a French bistro. Yeah, yeah it was, it's a modern French bistro, but I, I mean, I don't really know how modern it was. It was pretty, just like reinterpretation of uh, some classic French, dish, French dishes. It was and Noki. <laughs> we had a thing for Noki, which I just had a great uh, guy that I grew up with. He was one of my chefs and he used to make this amazing Noki, who's Japanese or half Japanese. Had really light hands, but they were very big mm. also. Mm. And <coughs> we used to just a very short rib, very <laughs> short rib knocker. It was good. Flinders was good while it was around. It was good. It was good. Yeah. We, I think you know. I, I like fun. to think we were very fun. One of the first pe- places to like really try to exploit this natural wine thing that I'm still trying to exploit. So mm. when was that? Two thousand and nine. You guys yeah. closed two thousand twelve. Two th- end of lights out two thousand end of two thousand ten. Oh right, wow. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, it was a pretty cool day. My brother came and told me for Christmas, I'm going to give you one week to close up the restaurant, and we closed up on um, I think it was the thirtieth because I blacked out on the thirty first <laughs> with Andrew Gard. We had a great night. <laughs> oh, was it was a great, great day. And Johnny, both. Day. <laughs> we, were at, <laughs> we went to. Um, Four in hand, and then I just blacked out into the new year. Thank God my girlfriend came pick me up, so I'd probably be still in the streets. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I know Mitch has been involved in a restaurant closing down, and I, my restaurant closed down as well. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever been involved in a, in a restaurant closing down. Oh, yeah. Down. yeah, yeah my first ever restaurant closed down that I, that I worked in. And, but normally it comes with some amount of fanfare. Um, you know, mm. for the most part, where it's like, you know, hey, we're only going to be open for another month. Mm. Um, I mean, Mitch and I were lucky enough for it to be our, our decision to close. But yours was like, all of a sudden, yeah. the restaurant just wasn't around I, anymore. Yeah, I just think, um, I'm not, and I'm not going to blame MasterChef or the well, fact let's that... do it. Fuck no, em. well, I think just like, I think that was the first year that MasterChef was really on. And then everyone was so, I mean, in goal, I probably, this is going to really fuck me up. And I will never be on MasterChef ever again. <laughs> um, everyone's sort of like just sitting... It's like a game show, you know? Like, oh my God, what's happening next? And it was the first sort of foray into those sort of uh, reality game show um, programs. You feel like everyone was sitting at home watching rather yeah, than going I mean, out I, to I eat. Mean, look, that's where I'd rather be too. And sometimes mm-hmm. in Sydney, if there's one driplet of rain, they just people just don't go out. Whereas, thank God, in Melbourne... They're used to it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they'll sit out there and it, it'll be a blizzard. They'll just put a jacket on, you know what I mean? So, I just think... You know, it was it was a real big wake up for me. I mean, one minute you're full every night, and next minute it's like, where is everyone? What, I don't understand. And then Friday, Saturday, being full, doing two turns on Friday and Saturday is just not enough to pay the bills. And you know, you like bills are going up. You're trying to knock them down. You move to cash in hand, like pay cash on delivery, and it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't compute. So, I mean. And it wasn't even like that many people involved, like employed and stuff, but it was just, it just got too just got too heavy, I guess, and then yeah, we just had to close. Yeah, I appreciate you being so honest about it. That's great. Yeah. Mm. I found Sorry Master Chef to do the opposite. <laughs> I worked at Vicas 
years ago. And the I remember Clarence when Street Justin, side. the Clarence Street side, I remember when Justin went on MasterChef, we were just so fucking busy for the, for the weeks afterwards. Oh, yeah. um, and we even had to feature the MasterChef dish that he cooked. Yeah. <laughs> it was an absolute nightmare. Because <laughs> you know what kinds of people watch MasterChef? Yeah. You know, yeah. our clientele tra- changed just drastically. Yeah. Was it a long-lasting thing, though? Or was it like yeah. three weeks and then... Yeah, it, was, it went for months. And then Dancing with the Stars came on. And then the restaurant was dead. <laughs> It's like a the public. Just what a horrible, <laughs> horrible world we live in. Actually. It really, it, it really, it really is. What happened in the voice stuff? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a great show. It's a great show. It makes me want to stay in. Josh, is it like the same in Melbourne? Like in Sydney, the dining public oh, geez, are really, really it's fickle. Really hard for someone to like, or for someone like me to comment on that because I don't study I guess it, it's like easy for you because like, builders is fucking busy 100% not, of the no, time no it's not like that uh, <clears throat> like I'm not I don't study that kind of thing I just like cook in the kitchen yeah. do you know what I mean like I don't study trends and things like that I can make comment or like oh it's quiet tonight because it's um, school holidays or because blah 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 but I'm not going to say we're not busy next week because yeah. X has changed or do you, this is on TV or do something. Do you notice when, like, a, say a new restaurant opens in Melbourne, uh, yeah. everyone flocks there yeah. and, you know, uh, that happens yeah, too? Yeah, again, to a degree, probably l- maybe, from what I've heard, less so than Sydney, Sydney but yeah. again, like... We're, we're a pub as well so yeah. it's also a bit different like we're the more, best pub in the country fuck it's so good a more consistent thing than having just bookings like you can still have we could have a full beer garden or whatever yeah, like, yeah, right. yeah could you talk to Mr McConnell about opening a builders in every city <laughs> uh, I could no, we'll just have talk to yourself. pretty busy at the moment <laughs> he's just opened a butcher and uh, had a baby had a baby had a baby hands full but yeah Sydney needs something like Sydney that. Sydney needs a pub here. What's lacking. the closest thing that Sydney has to the builders' arms? The uh, right? Nothing. Oh, please, nothing. The nothing. <laughs> the dolphin. I don't think so. I mean, Bloody Mary Sunday. The thing about builders' arms, it's, it's my sanctuary as well. Like mm. when we have an idiot that comes in and just thinks they know about fried chicken and they want to talk to me about fried chicken, I say, okay, mate, thanks a lot. And I'll just go down to the builders and I'll order a <laughs> cod dip. And I have about five glasses of wine. Then I'll go back to work and fry yeah. some more chicken. So that's like it's for us. It's it's great that we're on Gertrude Street. We've I think it's the most forward thinking street, wine drinking street in uh, in Melbourne. In Melbourne, definitely in Melbourne. Because we haven't actually said what your current restaurant is. Oh, which is, uh, I'm Be- <laughs> Bell's Hot Chicken. Yeah, Bucklerine, Bucklerine, and Bucklerine. Get there. Be- best chicken in Australia. <laughs> Thanks, Georgie. The Monday's best. our day. Monday's our date day, really. But I mean, of course, since Lou came along, she's been. She's Why a do you wedge. Guys That's fired. That's fired. She's a, <laughs> a coconut wedge, man. <laughs> it's foreplay. Joshy comes in. I see him across the road. We look at each other. Put the thumbs up. Mac and cheese is on. He goes, awesome. Yeah. Here's the Melbourne tinny ready before I even go there. Crack Melbourne tinny. Six of those. We'll order some chicken. Um, open a bottle of wine. I would say that Bell's Hot Chicken um, is probably the most dangerous place in, mm-hmm. in Australia. Because I, I, I'll go like, yeah, I'll have a quick drink there before I go out. Yeah. And, uh, and then I don't go out. I just stay at Bell's <laughs> well, for that's, 10 that's straight hours. I will agree too. with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it you get off the plane, it's the black like, hole. Right, mm-hmm. We'll go meet a builder's and then Bell's is five metres up the road. And once you go to Bell's, <laughs> Morgie doesn't let you fucking leave. Mm. So, and if you do leave Bell's, you go back to the builders. That's it, so you're close. Same, same street. And you don't really need to go anywhere else. We're going to go do Melbourne and you never leave Gertrude. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what I well, do. You might have to go into the city now to go to Leo Foot because you could yeah. sort of get yeah. around yeah. and get around. But now you can't even Now you're going to have to get on that 86 and go all the way into the city. I don't know what that is. I'll catch a cab there. Tram. We're all allergic to trams. (laughs) (laughs) That's the problem with Melbourne. I'm allergic to trams, street art, and laneways. (laughs) (laughs) I think, Livens, you came like two weeks ago. I think you were playing. You were DJing the night. There's five bottles in. Yeah. I don't know how you got out of that. And I ended up DJing. I started DJing at midnight and I didn't finish DJing until 7 a.m. And I did it like after drinking. Yeah. Where were you? (laughs) What? Uh, Boney. Uh, 
Solid effort. 7am? Yeah. Is that only open till 7? Yeah. yeah. And like, that's they do food till crazy o'clock in the morning as well. Yeah, yeah the food, and the food's done by the same uh, lady who did the, the menus for... Uh, cookie. Cookie, cookie. Yeah. Uh, Also, right. it's Thai style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Vaguely. 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 Yeah. Everything. Every, I think she'll like announce like, oh, no, I'm doing this kind of food. I'm like, no, it's still Thai. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the only that's the only time, according to your Twitter, that you've actually liked the lockout laws in Sydney. Yeah, because in <laughs> Sydney we, we, you can't you can't get into a club after one thirty, which means the parties start to slowly dwindle past that point, and then you can't buy any alcohol after three. after three. three. Or after three, oh, oh. But after ten, after ten. Takeaway here is after oh, ten. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah, takeaway. Take yeah. And Melbourne, it's like oh mate, Melbourne, you can get takeaway whenever. Twenty four hours. Yeah. hours. Drink on the street. Can't do anything. In that. Um, punch whoever you want in the face <laughs> um, But uh, it, in, uh, in Sydney Like the parties are pretty much over It's very rare that a party will go past 3.30 yeah. So when Like I was like yeah I can do Diddle 7 I've done that before And then I realised I hadn't done it for about 4, four or 5 years <laughs> And um, yeah it, 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 uh, it, was, it, was, it was actually really fun But the, the next day was terrible What time did Franco go to sleep? Yeah. Franco definitely left the club at about I, I, I wish I could say he made it till four o'clock, four o'clock, but I don't think he did. I definitely mm-hmm. DJed for about three hours on my own. <laughs> That'd be pretty good for Franco. Four o'clock. <laughs> I mean, you know, Franco's the vibe lord. Uh, Franco is uh, my my DJ partner in Halfway Crooks. Yeah. And what is Halfway Crooks? Lev? Thanks, every man. Uh, <laughs> Halfway Crooks is a is a is a rap party in Sydney. We play rap music. And what is rap music, Lev? Rap music is uh, uh, where all of the art on your walls your walls got its inspiration from. <laughs> Mitch is have in you, a new. Have you been to Bernie? I was meant to go that night, but I got a little bit loose. I went. So. To, I used to go to Pony all the time. Pony, yeah, Pony, yeah. Is that yeah, the same like, thing. So, so, Pony was, so it used to be Pony, which was like a all night rock and roll bar. Like, yeah. When you're like you're done, you're like it's four o'clock, and you're like where are we going to go? It's like you know, there's four places on your list. And it's like the Exford something Pony, whatever. Like you'd go to Pony, and it's just like a proper dive bar. Yeah, and then they got bought by the guys that own. Cookie, cookie yeah. and all that and turned into bony and now does like reasonable food like nice food and the music's good the music, but it's still music's open decent. the same hours yeah oh, that's pretty good so it's still open till 7 so do you go from there to Revs or is it uh, or yeah. to Tramp from there doesn't Revs, Revs close at like 7 as well no Revs, Revs doesn't close Revs goes all day doesn't Revs or Love Machine yeah Love Machine Revolver is a like a notorious um, Melbourne is it where is it uh Pran, Pran, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pran. Not Toro. Tramps and Tramps. Chapel Street. Chapel Street, yeah. And uh, um, it, it's just kind of open for the entire weekend. Yeah. I, think it, I think it opens its doors at like Friday, 6 p.m., and then closes <laughs> them at like 7 a.m. on Monday or 9 a.m. Yeah. on Monday. Something yeah. horrible. Like make that. a crazy amount of money. And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's so dark. You can just kind of just pretend it's night the entire time you're in there. But I remember there was a, a story, I don't know if it was true or not, but there was a story that someone actually died there and no one found out until like... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like, there's like also like they, the owner of the club turned all the taps to hot water so they couldn't refill their water bottles. So <laughs> they had to all buy. Their money. That's how they make all their <laughs> bottles money. Bottles of water. On water, yeah, because no one buys drinks. No, because like, you know, obviously there. you need to drink when you dance so much. Mm. So they mm-hmm. they just turned all the taps. Oh man, we're gonna make some money off this. Yeah, that's like the, the taps on hot water. The nightclub equivalent of corkage. <laughs> 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 um, so Morgie, talk to us about Bell's Hot Chicken. Uh, beyond a place that it's great to get drunk at, uh, you, you spent a few years uh, doing Jedi training to learn yeah. out how to cook the best chicken in, in Australia. Um, tell us about. Where you, where I, well, I've actually got to thank Mike Eggett um, for I w- after um, not Bells after Flinders Inn um, closed. My girlfriend and I was like, because obviously we owed money to people, and you just get hassled everywhere. And you know, I, I wasn't actually even much of the owner. It was mainly my brother who was the owner. And, but everything, obviously, if you're the face person of a bar- restaurant, they think you're the owner. So we said, like, shit, we got to get out of here. Look, we should go to America. And I was having yum cha with Mikey Eggett one day and at East Ocean. And he goes, hey, man, you should really... Because ch- I was going to go and stars with a guy called Laurent Gras. Laurent Gras, Three Mission Stars in Chicago, L2O, formerly L2O. Now he's just doing Chef's Club New York, which is like a pop-up thing that he does. Um, amazing chef. And he left basically just before we were about to go. I sent him an email and he said, yep, come stars. Um, and he was leaving and I said, well, I actually wrote an email to Sean Brock in Charleston, South Carolina at Husk, which Mikey said, you should check this guy out. 
he's got this um, basically he's got this uh, blog called Ping Strike Island, mm-hmm. and we basically just um, checked it out, emailed him, and then I ended up going there. Ended up not going to L two O because he walked out of uh, Laurent Grail left there, and said go and work with Sean. And I basically just got there. I think the month I went in stage there, then went to Mad Food Camp, begged him for a job. Even got Alex Atala to tell him to give me a job, and Michelle Braz and everyone just saying give him a job. Got a job. Went back. Trisha, my girlfriend, went and worked for Jordan Khan at Red Medicine in LA, and we just did the bi coastal thing. And I stayed in Charleston for uh, a twenty months in Charles in Charleston, and then Sean asked me to be the chef at. Husk in Nashville, and I was there for 14 months. And then I just thought, well, Trisha wanted me to come back. I didn't know if I really wanted to stay. So we, through a friend of a friend of mine, Aaron, who's a former business partner of ours at Bells, he said, look, there's this guy who's got this diner, and um, it's not doing too well. It's a great fit out. We just need to put some deep fries in there. And we could do our own Nashville hot chicken place. And I said, well, there'd be two stipulations. We'd just have um, natural wines, which we just always drank anyway. And we, we used to drink natural wines with hot chicken in Nashville anyway. And workman's beers, because I, I, I detest craft beer. And I don't, I don't give a shit if people give, give me shit about it. I think I'd rather drink my beer, not eat my meal, drink my meal sort of thing. So I was just like, I don't dig craft beers. And we just opened on August 1st. We, you came on the first day. I did. I came, uh, I got there at like about two o'clock and there were a sea of people out the front going, there's no chicken, there's no chicken. And, you and, then, and then you're in front of, I remember someone, someone popped their head out and he was like, are you Levin? So they're like, yeah. He's like, Morgan says he's got chicken for you. <laughs> and everyone around me were like, fuck you. <laughs> I saw you cross the road with uh, Joyride. Joyride, man. You can't miss that, dude. No. And um, you guys came in. Bowl of pasky, some spicy chicken, and then that, that's the great thing about Bell's is like, we just wanted to serve really good natural wines mm-hmm. and just have that with fried chicken, which is like almost like a guilty pleasure. But I think because of the processes that we use, as if we're working in a fine dining restaurant or a fine dining kitchen, but we just don't. Um, this this just you know we just follow those sort of methods and and. Um, that's kind of like the way we wanted to do things. So it's like you come in and you think, you know, I'm just getting some fried chicken. But we try to do everything, you know, as much as we can from scratch and stuff like that so we can sort of over There's a lot of technique. And- yeah, yeah. It's like we just wanted to... Because, I mean, that's the thing about Husk, you know. Like, that was the great thing about Husk. Like, it just seems like, you know, great produce. And it seems like a lot of bacon and a lot of fat. But there's actually a lot of technique involved, obviously, with the smoking and... The fermentation and the braising yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I feel stuff. like it's you know it's it's one thing to to have a love for southern style yeah. cooking, but it's another to actually you know give it the same amount of respect that you would any other fine cuisine. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like Bell's is the, is the first place in Australia to really really you know have 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 that respect and and, and absolute pride in what you're doing. Um, and and I, I think even just having like a, a really lovely limited menu, like it's not this all engrossing. Like you know, you don't have, you know, it's not fried chicken and burgers and nachos and you know everything else that I used to do at my restaurant. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you've just picked one thing and 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 just being just do do that one specific thing as best as possible. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of like what I want. And 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 you also imagine incredibly addictive. Yeah, somehow. I mean, <laughs> it's, it just, I mean, that's just exactly what we wanted to do is make it so simple that. I mean, just do the one thing and be able to do it the same every day. Mm. And, um, yeah, we just look. And sometimes I think, oh, we should do a little bit more. And then I think, no. Because now, obviously, our, our menus evolve a little bit. We have snacks and stuff like that. We were doing off-menu stuff. And then we just... Yeah, I had the, uh, the fried oysters and all that. Fried oysters. With the new shop, are you going to do new menu items? Yeah, we're going to change. So we're going to do two sandwiches. I've heard you're going to do a burger. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. No, I don't want to say it's a burger. It's a sandwich. I want a, like a hoagie sandwich. Yeah, but it's just like it's. I like lettuce. It's like kind of like a chicken sandwich. Yeah, the new then, shop in Melbourne. Yeah, so in Richmond, we're opening a new shop in December, and that's obviously like you know. I, I, I honestly want to open twenty five thousand of these places. <laughs> I mean, in five years, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I want to be researching the color blue and. Making, <laughs> maybe making ghost cheese somewhere. <laughs> just watching that blue, money roll. Blue goat cheese. <laughs> and just, you know, like enjoying life, you know. I mean, but you know, the, the thing is, is like replication is one of the hardest things to, to do, like over many, over many different venues. So still working on that, still working on trying to keep system, keep systematic because you know, we, we only really work with Nepalese guys because of the labor laws too. It's like so expensive. And, yeah. You know, our price point is really low. So it's $16, you know. Yeah. I would love to hire cooks and chefs. But, and then again, some cooks don't just want to fry chicken. Yeah. You know what I mean? They get bored and they get have bored grand plans. And, and next thing you know, they're trying to change around. shit. And, you know, How do you deal with that? Like you can eat, you can go to Bell's and eat. Like I can be stuffed for 16 bucks. I, well, we just it's the it's the margins, you know, and like obviously if we're somewhere like Hong Kong where there's like eight million people, and if we did like six hundred people a day, it's fantastic. But we still make our margins because we always get you. We get you. <laughs> you get I didn't me. mean like that. <laughs> Josh has got a button there. <laughs> there's two people that have buttons. Joshy has a button. <laughs> He always makes good too, Joshy. He always makes good. Sometimes he just disappears, but he always makes good. So. <laughs> Joshy. I think too close. I can't get to work without walking past Bells. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's just, we, I didn't want to overcharge. I just think, you know, we're not using free-range chicken, which is, you know, people, like, jump up and down about. It's, it's clean. It's free to roam, whether they walk through that door or not. It's up to them. Um, and it's... You know, hormone-free and pesticide-free and RSPCA-approved. And we just... I just don't see the point in trying to, like, say, oh, look, that's 25 bucks. Like, it's not 25 bucks. If it costs you a certain margin and you times it by four or five, what do you want to ever do? Like, you know, that's the price it should be, not... Yeah, there, there are just, you know, realistic parts that you have to kind of yeah. figure out. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if we did a 1,000 people, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. But even if we do 250, 300, it's still great. You know, we still meet our margins, we pay our bills, we pay our staff. And, you know, that's like Mitch and Josh and soon to be Annalise one day, you learn that all the stuff that you, all these ego things about, you, you know, your career and everything doesn't mean anything because you're responsible for everyone's pay their bills, pay your bills, pay your staff because that, at the end of the day, if you don't have people coming through the door eating your food, doesn't mean doesn't matter how fucking good it looks, you know, or how great it is. You, your job is the responsibility is to to your staff first. You know, you're in charge. You know, you're you're responsible to pay them, and they work for you. And on that sort of note, segueing, we're recording on the seventh when the Good Food Guide Awards are tonight in Sydney, and that's like a big deal for the industry and stuff. Lou, do you think? 
like working in a place like Tets that's so revered and has such a history and stuff does and such a history with uh, with with the good food, with good guide, food too. guide and or does Tets still give a shit about that kind of stuff or it doesn't really matter to his business model anymore and and things like like he's got to that level where everybody knows what they're getting and he has such a loyal clientele and stuff like that 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 recognition or not recognition from the paper doesn't matter anymore yeah he doesn't give a fuck he's, he continues to do what he does yeah you know, I, I heard that instead of serviettes he now just rips out pages from good food guys <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck like he, the restaurant's busy every night we do a hundred covers every fucking night of the week and it's crazy to think that a hundred people want to spend $220 for a seat in this restaurant Tuesday through to Saturday yeah. like that's that's enough yeah. For us, for him, f- for all of us, it's enough. You know. How, we, how long have you been there now? I've been in that family four years. I had a Was year Luke off. still there when? No, no. So you would have just left. Yeah. Which Luke? Just left. Luke Powell from LPs. LPs. Yeah. Like He'll literally, he would have had his last week and then I started. Right. Yeah. yeah. It would be interesting to see because I only know about Tets through the like – Lukies and Dan mm-hmm. Puskas and Hongi and all there, so it'd be different. Like it'd be interesting to see the differences, you know. Yeah, of course. And the different, like even your, I think you have a really different view of it being front of house as well. Mm. Like you're always talking about how loyal Tets is and how loyal the staff are to Tets and yeah, we love him. Like that, Absolutely, you know? he looks yeah. after all of us. He's like family. <laughs> he's yeah, like- that's what you always say. He's like he's the godfather. <laughs> he's such a legend. The, the crazy thing is that Tets is probably more responsible for restaurants in Sydney than anybody else as well. It's true. So many incredible chefs have come out of that kitchen. Yeah. Um, I like to think that yeah, definitely. you know the, their hope, time there had a, had a part of that too. that success. Yeah. Um, What's your role in the kitchen? I don't work in the, the kitchen, man. Front of house. You know why yeah. I, I don't know? Because Mitch is the worst at introductions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm all on the on the service side of things, so I, I don't see. Well, I, I see the the kitchen. Obviously, we're we're one team, and um, I, I think that dynamic has changed over the years. All we're doing now is we're sort of maintaining Tetz's legacy we just you know it's all about the classics it's yeah. not about pushing the the boundaries or coming up with this that and the other we just we look into his back catalog catalog of recipes and we put that sh- that stuff on the menu all the time it's just it, he's one of the few chefs that i know that has a style has that, that has a style stuff, yeah. that is completely original yeah completely truly unique to himself like he had next to no culinary training he was washing dishes at one of tony bilson's restaurants Mm. (laughs) i think tony asked him to put some of that fish and rice stuff that you know (laughs) that they that they (laughs) that they eat in japan (laughs) and he just sort of stepped it up You, you can kind of see it in in the dishes the combinations are a little bit wacky and they're yeah. still a little bit, you know, even today they're still a bit out there, like scampi and chicken liver. Yeah, that's fucking, fucking so Fucking blue so cheese tasty. and vanilla. stuff. Just things you wouldn't think of, you know. You yeah, know. that chicken liver and raw scampi is one of the best things yeah, I've ever eaten. Yeah, it's truly original. Yeah, blue, blue cheese bavoir with the Saturn, the, the parent Saturn, I had that in 1994. That was the first time I went to Tetsu's and Roselle and I thought it was like, it's one of the and still today if you serve that to anyone today it's still one of the best fucking dishes you'll ever have it's so surprising (coughs) it really is yeah the the first time I went to Tetsu I was like a third year apprentice or something and it just was mind blowing yeah a lot of the dishes you know have that juxtaposition between you know you take a beautiful piece of trout and then you (laughs) coat it in Kombu, <laughs> you know, uh, confit, you know, th- that's that's something most chefs wouldn't even dream of doing. Like, yeah. why would you do that to such a beautiful piece of fish? But it, it, it totally makes sense on the plate. Yeah, it's, a, it's iconic. 
Yeah. It really is. Um, working working on, on the floor, you, I mean, because Tet's is definitely like one of the most notorious restaurants in Sydney. For uh, yeah. I feel like the level of expectation that people have when they go in there is so much higher than I would say any other restaurant in yeah. Sydney, right? Yeah. Um, because what, of its history and its everything, like everyone on a world scale, like if you say one restaurant in Sydney, Tet's is the one that people know all over the world. What's it like dealing with people's expectations before and after they make eat their meal? What's it like? Um, Shit ass? No, well, no, not at all. It's, an, it's delightful, to be honest. Um, look, you just go into it and you just want to give them the best. Like, they pay yeah, sure, <laughs> so yeah. much to, to sit down in the restaurant. And I don't know. You just have to love what happens within four walls of a restaurant, I think, um, Everyone who works front of house gets that, and yeah, like I mean, yeah. you know, it was a it was a big deal when you went there, and you, you know, yeah, you when like, I first did, your parents yeah, take you and everything. No, I went with another chef that I was working with, and the chef I was working for at the time made the booking and all that kind of stuff. So we got really looked after, and it was like my whole it was my first fine dining experience, and also the first time that I got looked after for being in the industry as well which is now something we probably take a little bit for granted, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I've seen Mitch like suddenly go silent in a meal at the realisation that he's not going to get looked after. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. <laughs> I, don't go, I, don't eat, I don't go and eat anywhere. I don't know don't, anybody. Don't, don't oh. fucking tip. Don't fucking tip. <laughs> <laughs> I never say that. Un- under order because and they'll... they'll- same yeah. things. Uh, <laughs> no, actually, that's not true. Mitch was in the kitchen caning one of the guys the other week for not tipping in restaurants. He was trying to explain to him like what it means to the staff in the restaurant yeah. when you don't do that. Whether you've been looked after or not. Especially mm-hmm. if you've been looked after. The more yeah, you get uh, looked let's after, talk about this. This is interesting. The more you yeah. t- what, tipping or mm-hmm. getting looked after? No, no, okay. So, all right. So, say you go to, you go to a restaurant and, um, and, and the chef, the, uh, the kitchen send you out three extra dishes and then um, – or, or, or even even – bigger than that they'll they'll undercharge you for what for what you've mm. ordered um how much of the meal do you make up for in tips i think you compensate the yeah, you've lot. got to compensate yeah. quite this a lot this is a new segment called first world problems <laughs> <laughs> beyond first world what's the time like obviously like if you guys come to the restaurant and i look after you that's because i love you guys and i want to look after you and i don't expect you to give me all that money that i'm giving you in your meal back for free no, sure. but it's it's just a respecting for the staff and stuff like that or if you go to a restaurant where you don't really you're not best mates with the chef and they send you something or look after you or comp part of your bill or whatever then you've got to make it back up yeah. because you know if you tip on the percentage of the bill that you get given you're taking money out of the waiter's pockets or the kitchen's pockets and the staff's pockets because the owner or the boss has given you a discount but everybody else is still working as hard if not harder to deliver on your meal you know so it's really important that you respect that and you know if you want to get that treatment in the future you've got to not take it for granted and you've got to be appreciative and show love back to them as well well it's for the staff really because that amount that you tip that you're not being charged it's not going into the restaurant's coffers to cover the food costs it's going straight to the staff so all the staff are going to benefit from that. Yeah. yeah. I said to my chef the other day, he was like, oh, I got looked after and I didn't tip because the chef's my homie. And he's like, doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter if mm. the chef's your friend. The staff aren't your friends. And if you don't tip, you're taking money out of the staff's pockets. And the next time you go in, they're not going to give a fuck about you. And, or they're going to be like, oh, here's this guy. He didn't tip last time. You know, what an asshole, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's... It's all encompassing. It's not just yeah. about your relationship with one person in the restaurant. Yeah. But I've got a funny story, actually. It's quite... I it love a funny story. It actually happened at Tetsuya's. Um, I, I, like, I've known Tets since, like, 95. One of my best friends was uh, Dave Gumbleton, who was, like, his son. And I used to go there. I've eaten there probably... You know, wait, wait. He was his son or he was he like his He passed away. Son? He passed away. Um, he left... So he was with Tets from, I think, 93... Till just when Kent Street opened, and then he left with his girlfriend, who I hooked him up with at Scruffy Murphy's, <laughs> and she went to. They went to Ireland, and then he he had a brain brain aneurysm, and he he passed away. Mm. 
And so I used to go there all the time, and I used to have to not want to tell that I was going there, but obviously I'm a bit boisterous when I've had a few drinks, <laughs> and they'd find out. And there was this guy there that was looking after us, and we had a table, and then Tets put us in the bar because he had overbooked the table, and he goes, do you mind? I was like, of course not. And then we didn't get a bill. Yeah. But I thought that we'd already put – someone had put the tip in, but no one had put the tip. But then the waiter there, he's no longer there at Tetz's. It was a big scandal. Like, And this is when I was working at Salt and it got back to Luke and then I got in trouble. Why didn't you leave a tip? It looked so bad. Oh. But then it got back to Tetz and Tetz, I think, really gave it to that guy because it's not about – It's not about that. Yeah. He's so generous. He He's just – Generous to everyone. If there's no bill at Tets, there's no bill. We don't expect you to leave yeah. anything. Like, don't leave bills under the glassware, under the napkins. Like, we don't want it. Yeah. If we catch you, we'll put it back, back in your yeah. pocket. Like, we but don't. This want guy it. made a big deal out of it, and it got back to Tets, and the Tets just like ripped this motherfucker off. Well, like, I'm glad he's like, gone. Yeah, he, no, he's not there. He <laughs> wasn't like, there. And then he tried, his girlfriend used to work at Salt. Yeah. And she was the one who told me, like, oh, you guys didn't leave a tip. And Adam said this no, and this. And I was no, like, oh, no, no, really? No, 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 no. So I got it back to Dave. And then Dave told Tets. And Tets goes, that's fucking it. He went, he went fucking ballistic. <laughs> but on tipping, I think, like, it's real difficult here in Australia to, to like, tip. Because we, I, I look at the bills. I look how much I pay the stuff every week, right? And it's like, we're in a good country, Australia. It's not America. Where I was just working in America. The, the, the people are on $2.75 an hour. Mm. It's real hard. So I'm, I'm kind of in both camps. I, I, I don't really want to tip sometimes because I think, I mean, you're getting paid 20. I know how much you're getting paid. <laughs> I <laughs> you're mean, getting 1000 in the You're getting 1000 in the claw every week. I mean, if I have a shit meal and a shit, <laughs> and if I have a shit meal or shit service, <coughs> then I won't necessarily tip. Mm. I don't just tip for the sake, like, I'm not fucking made of money yeah. either, you know, but. If I have a great time and I get looked after, and like, of course I'm going to tip. Yeah. And you know, if I was lucky enough to get comp to bill, I would still leave something. Yeah. And if they want to shove that back in my pocket, you're going to have an argument back and forward. Yeah. You know, nah, come on, blah 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 blah. But you've still got to make that effort and show that respect <coughs> to the establishment. Yeah, I don't think it's cut and dried. I think it's a goodwill thing amongst mm, the industry. Yeah. That's exactly. what I think it is, and perpetuating other people's goodwill towards you. Yeah, I think if I go to Tetsuya's. I mean, you leave a fucking tip, man. I mean, you're gonna have an unbelievable meal, and probably get looked after. So, but then if I'm like, say I'm going to Josh's place, probably don't. I'm not going to leave a big tip. You won't get looked after either. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff looks after me. Shout out to Jeff. Coconut in the house. (laughs) Coconuts in the house. Coconuts in the house. (laughs) What's the what's the, uh, the the biggest tip you guys have ever received? Oh, I got, I got a pretty Turn good one. Turn this into a BuzzFeed article. I got a good one. What's um, up with you then, Louise? Um, uh, one of the super wealthy dude came to Tets a few weeks ago. His name, I won't say his name. We're not supposed to say his name. But he's, <laughs> he's like, he's wealthy. He's worth $40 billion. His whole entourage rocks up. There's like I think that warrants a group will um, uh, impress yeah. Whistle. Mm. Mm. Yeah. We're not doing that again, you idiot. One, we get all of them. We get a lot of them. So, you know, there's eight Audis in the, in the driveway, a doctor, s- staff on hand at the ready for anything that might happen to this table of ten who came to Australia to watch the cricket. Like, you know, family watching the cricket. It was a lot of fun. They left a thousand bucks. And... Usually I'd be pretty stoked about that, but considering the wealth, I was kind of offended. <laughs> I was kind of offended. Only fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the most generous that I've received. I think it depends where table. you are. Like I was running this little pop up in Fez in Morocco late last year, and so like in North Africa, and I was charging like. 35 euros for a set menu of five courses that I was killing myself over in this place going to the markets every day. And um, so I was charging nothing because a pigeon would cost me $2 and a kilo of sardines would cost me $1. And I would pay my staff 10 euros a day. But that's the going rate in Morocco. I just want to put that out there. Mexican rate. It wasn't rate. slave labor. Mexican Still rate. more than America. Um, and, but some people would tip 35 euros because yeah, it's not a lot of money so they would pay 70 euros for their meal but they were tipping the whole amount of the meal on top again yeah, which right. I was pretty tip. impressed with yeah. are you living large in um, Fez with 35 euros in oh your- mate 
living large. Boy. Living large. <laughs> I once um I once got paid a hundred dollars to play California Love by Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> while I was DJing, a hundred bucks, <laughs> and uh, and then the guy, no still? The, no, the guy left about half half of half halfway, a, half, halfway through the song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty-five euros gets you a live goat. Shit. Live. Live goat. What about goat. not killed? How is a live goat not killed? Like, well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> do they come and kill it afterwards? Like you get like hey, a zombie. There's a goat. <laughs> now I'm gonna kill it, or do you? Have to... Oh, you're right. <laughs> there, there were some there were some hairy situations with live animals. It wasn't always obvious to the suppliers that I wanted things dead when they arrived. Shit. Yes. Um, so tonight we've got the uh, good food go- good food guide awards. Good food goose. Good food goose. Um, <laughs> do we want to make any uh, predictions? Which is even more hilarious because everyone will find out tomorrow. But this episode won't be up for another week. week yeah. So we'll, if we get it wrong, everyone will be like, "No, you're wrong immediately." Um, I think best restaurant. What do you, what are you be thinking? Benalong, Benalong, Benalong. Do you think they win best restaurant too? Ben no, I don't think they win. I don't think so. I don't think so. Clayton reckons Bridge Room will win best restaurant. I don't think so either. Who wins I, it then? Uh, best restaurant. It's a, it's only going to be Sepia Key Rockpool. I don't think it's going to be Sepia either. That award is only going to be out of four restaurants, really. Yeah. Uh, I heard that Sepia is actually the, the most expensive meal in Sydney now. Probably is. Desserts are what forty bucks at the moment yeah. or something. What makes you think the bridge room might get it, Mitch? Uh, I don't. I don't particularly think that. That's what Clayton's prediction is. Clayton Wells of automata, automata, automata. How do you say it? Automa- automata. Automata. Was that a call back to the first Going episode? On, on, on. Yeah, I don't know. I think Benalong will probably win best new. Um. Or just predictions for tonight. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who we, Pete might win Chef of the Year for Benalong and who is it? It's a, I don't know what yeah, else. Actually, this is interesting. Josh, um, as an as an outsider, uh, watching uh, the, the do you give a shit here. what happens in Sydney? Uh, oh. I do. I kind of more just care where I'm going to go when I'm here, yeah. rather than who's <laughs> going to win anything. Do you have any predictions of uh, what might win best new restaurant or best restaurant tonight? Uh, best restaurant I would give to Ten William, but <laughs> yeah. or restaurant I'm most likely to go to. That's um, yeah, best restaurant. Best new. Who's up? I don't, know. I don't even know. I don't even. I haven't even seen yeah, any nominations. Are you up for, I haven't even seen any nominations. Best new year, so who knows? Acting, Wait, yeah, because have no, you got it? Last night, but it's an amazing room. You, you, did you get it's an been, invite to the one in Melbourne? Yeah, it's black tie. This yeah, year. it's black tie yeah, in Sydney. Weird. Black tie sit down. I don't know if they can. I don't know if I can. Wait, it is. Yeah, black tie sit down tonight. Yeah, you DJ, aren't you? Yeah, are you DJing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool shit. It's black tie. So it's black tie. Lev's is DJing, and there's Caribbean food. Is there Caribbean food? Yes. That's weird. This is the word on the trip. Is it Paul Carmichael doing the food? Paul Carmichael is not doing the food, but I'm sure he'll be looking at it closely, going, "What the fuck is this?" I got told to play salsa music. Fucking hell! Really? Calypso? You're gonna be playing Calypso all night? Is this the world's most confused event? <laughs> what about in Melbourne? Who's going to win shit in Melbourne at the awards uh, later? I, thought, I, I just haven't thought about it. Oh. Oh. Tipo. Oh. Best new. Do you reckon Tipo's going to get it? I hope so. I can only I yeah. think about like what I want. Like, yeah, that's yeah. true. I feel like I need to go there. When yeah, 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 to yeah, Melbourne. Yeah, it's yeah, the best. Yeah. I, I, mean, I had a Monday lunch at Tipo is like yeah, Morgan, that's the only can, thing. can you organise some stuff for that weekend? That yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll it's like prep, prep day. It's the equivalent of Monday night at ten <laughs> million. Prep, prep day. Yeah, right. That's a good vibe. The prep ultimate days. would be go to Tipo for lunch and, and then fly ten million for dinner. Oh, that's, that, that'd be mm. the okay, that would if be you're the just best. in Melbourne, what would you do? Tipo for lunch. Tipo for lunch. And then crash. And then Bells for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Bells or Leho? I say the new Leho. 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 The new Leho is really, really good. It's too late for the best new though. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't. Victor Can it count anyway because it's still fucking the same restaurant, really? Yeah. No, no, Victor, Victor didn't get an invite, so that means he's not in the guide. Oh, really? But we got an invite. That's weird. Know, we were not even in the guide. So Maybe you're like going to win best little chef bar of the year. or something. Chef of the well, year. Well, Dickhead no, of the year. Think, yeah, better, Legends better, Award. Better than you, Ben. <laughs> 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 
I'm going to see you tomorrow anyway. Who's, who's Ben? Ben Shrewry. <laughs> ben Along. <laughs> ben Ahong. Ben Ahong. Don't do Ahong jokes. Yeah, we have, we have, we have no, no, that was, was a repeat from last week. There too. was not very many last week, too. Last I was pretty disappointed. Um, you got any Dan Hong jokes you want to you wanna spit, spit out before we finish? Just some gains, man. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks great. Like, I mean, honestly. <laughs> no, to be, can I be honest? Like, of course honestly, you can. Like, he looks fucking good like I'm not saying like it's and it's a real inspiration and <laughs> what has it inspired you to do personally more probably like just drink more <laughs> <laughs> to forget. but like <laughs> but like it's I mean it's you know it's got kids you know so when you got kids yeah, you got to make decisions and it yeah. makes me hungry looking at the photos of him looking so skinny. I don't know why. That's just the effect it has on me. Definitely I'm just like, you. Oh, You're going to eat him. Pongy's <laughs> lost 10 kilos. I'll go eat some more ramen. It's, def- it's definitely made his Instagram account a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> that's for sure. He's, uh, he's in LA right now. I have a few friends of ours uh, did, a, did a dinner. Um, at, uh, have they done it? Is it, is it, oh, has it already it's happened? It's tonight, no? It's tonight. Yeah, it's tonight. tonight yeah. Are they cooking or are they just hanging out like, at like the Chateau uh, Marmont? There's and, been like, a couple of prep shots of... Yeah. Uh, LP EP is the name yeah, of the restaurant yeah. we're talking about. Louis Tikaram. Joe um, took his girl though. That was a bit yeah. of a sore subject. You know, <laughs> <Be> controversial. <laughs> Who was more upset, Hongi or Hongi. Louis? <laughs> oh, so, so, yeah, but come on, chefs that take their girlfriends to work events—it's yeah. not cool. Yeah. I'm just going to be honest about it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because. Your mind is in two places instead of one then. Speaking yeah. as someone who's always in the kitchen, then you've got someone who's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to leave you prepping by yourself until 3 a.m. peeling tiny shrimp yeah. while mm-hmm. I go and hang out with my girl. Right, okay. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that's... Or in Richard's case with Mike Benny. But as if, <laughs> as if Jow... He's not allowed to take Mike Benny. As if Jow or Hongi are going to be doing any like of the real work. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, no. Mate, they look like they're working. look like they're working. Oh, they might do some prep and stuff. And, yeah. But, you know, I know yeah. when I do those things, I, I either take everything or I just offload it. So it's just yeah. let's take everything, the, or you bring someone to do it all for you. <laughs> <laughs> I bring all the stuff like for the dinner tomorrow. The Are you okay dinner I'm doing tomorrow? Yep. I brought pretty much all the stuff, and I'm just doing a job. Oh please, morning. Morgan, please, That's please. It. You, Daz, and I, we had yum cha at Marigold <laughs> <laughs> when you had that. Yeah, because he brought you, somebody else to do the prep for him. <laughs> I brought someone with you. <laughs> I distinctly remember, this is a, a direct quote, you said, bruh, does Prince do his own my check? <laughs> <laughs> you had Dad working overtime. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> Shit, man, who's dressing Kanye? Kanye's not dressing Please. <laughs> you bring most of the stuff and then you bring someone to do all the other stuff. So that's, or you offload it. You delegate. Delegate, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very important skill. <laughs> Delegating. Yeah. I haven't learned that yet. Clearly. Good delegator. It's a very important skill. Um, we have to leave it there because I just worked out that I have to run home and get a black tie <laughs> and yeah, a suit right. before the awards tonight. <laughs> um, Louise, where, where can we find you on the internet? On the internet? Uh, I'm on Instagram. We don't have to if you don't on Instagram. To. Your yeah. handle? Oh, at Lulu Della. Josh, how about yourself? Into the mic there, Josh. Uh, Builders Arm Hotel. Yeah, that'll <laughs> Builders Arm Hotel. There you go. Mitchy Insta Krill is your Insta Krill. Yep. Krill on the run on Twitter. And Morgi Galinha. And Bell's and, uh, Hot Chicken too. And Bell's Hot Chicken. And Mor- What does that mean, bro? I've never fucking asked you that. Uh, so when I used to live in Brazil and I was working in fashion, there was a lot of little, like... Oh, when I was single and please Trisha don't judge me um, <laughs> they said oh you like lots of girls you know we have the chickens and we call the little chicken that goes after all the girl chickens we call them a galinha ah. and so Morgan Galinha was very, very fitting. Twitter name for years and just turned it I should have ended on you because I don't think Annalise has a very fun fun story about Gregory <laughs> 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 Twitter.com slash Annalise Gregory, Instagram.com slash Annalise Gregory. Yep, that's about it. <laughs> and you can find me, Twitter.com slash LevDog, and find all of us at Facebook.com slash Podcast, or send us an email, the Podcast at gmail.com. Have we got any emails? We have, yet? actually. Someone said, keep up the good work. Oh, and thanks, also, guys. Uh, if you could be so kind as to go to iTunes, find us there, look up the Mitchin, and leave us a review if you like us, because so far, the only review on our page is someone going, lol, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, look, if, if 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 we suddenly get inundated with twenty reviews that just say "lol, Mitch," I'll understand. That's pretty good. It's pretty funny. It's pretty good. <laughs> all right, thank you very much uh, to all our guests today. We'll see you again for another week of the Mitch and Table. It's the Mitch and Podcast with Krill Dog and Andy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.